Hello. How are you guys doing today? What's up? What's up? Jackson, we have my two buddies, Abe and Luke. Where are you guys sitting right now? You guys sitting in D102? Yeah. yeah. That's cute. All right. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Second day of Hanukkah for me over here. You know, actually, I'm like fucking it up because the sun has gone down and I haven't lit my candles. But, you know, I'll just do my blessings after this. <laughs> Now, my God, it happens. Yeah, no, I'm sacrilegious right here. Either way, crazy weekend of basketball. A lot of stuff went down. And a few of the crazy things, I don't know if you guys saw the tweets, the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets are both on, I think, a six-game winning streak at the same time for the first time since 1977. Nothing. You just nod heads. Yeah, no. I'm just laughing because I can't comprehend that. I what do you mean the Mecca of basketball has returned? Yeah, I, yeah, it has. Even I didn't think – I'm a Knicks fan, and even I didn't think they would be this good. The like, Nets won a game with nine players earlier this year, like a couple weeks ago. Eight. Eight? eight no, eight. I thought they had nine. I was it on, nine? Yeah, I looked on the depth chart. I think they had nine. Nine? I mean, it was – it was fun. Yeah, then they won. So I think that's where we'll we'll start. And we'll start with New York. Let's start with New York right here with the fact that the New York Knicks, about two weeks ago, they kicked Derrick Rose, Cam Reddish, Evan Fournier out of the rotation and basically and, – and like literally just told Derrick Rose and all the other guys like to suck it. And now Julius Randle looks like he's worth the contract they gave him. Jalen Brunson, I'm sorry. I – I disrespected. You can ask Jackson all year. <laughs> I I thought that our guy Jalen Brunson was a product of Luka Doncic, but he's showing more and more that this guy's an all star. So I want to hear uh, you know all three of your guys' initial thoughts. You, you want to go next, fan? Uh, um, I think I think Jalen Brunson's been great. I what I will say is that. I like RJ Barrett, but I don't know how I feel about him chucking up those threes that he chucks up a game. Cause I read a stat this like last week that he was like 0 for 19 in the past like three games for three, and like he had a bounce back game versus Chicago. But I don't know. I think we need to give Grimes more time. I think Brunson's really good. I think if him and Randall can keep playing the way that they're playing, we can be like a six seven seed team, maybe a play-in team, and that's just being realistic. Yeah, I mean, I really like the – I think the Knicks have a lot of good pieces. I don't know how good their upside is, but I think um, kicking those guys to the rotation, Serio, kicking them out, I think it actually really did help them because they're starting to get, you know, the younger guys more minutes, and they're just – it's good for the development of the players. And also, you paid Jalen Brunson a lot of money. Um, he is the unquestioned primary ball handler in this offense now. Now there's no question that he's above Derrick Rose, and he seems to be doing pretty well. So, Jackson? This team's won seven in a row. That is crazy. Their defense looks like Tom Thibodeau's defense. I your take is, in the NBA. Your yeah. take was so bad on Jalen Brunson. Like, I don't know. Like, Ciro and I clearly watch different Mavericks games, but Jalen Brunson is huge. When you have a coherent point guard that, like, knows how to do this thing called scoring, it makes a big difference. So I'm excited to see what they do at the the trade deadline, but they're running and gunning. So my concern was never Jalen Brunson scoring. Also, I I just wanted to say was I was scared Brunson being a primary focus, how that looked with him always having, you know, I know he played a lot of times with Doncic sitting, but a lot of times he also played with Doncic next to him, which took pressure off. But he's he's an all-star right now. And what I, my major concern was the defense with him and Evan Fournier, which led to Fournier being benched for the team. Now, through December, you got yourself Julius Randle averaging 26 points a night, 11 rebounds. Okay, dishing out four assists. You got R.J. Barrett dropping 21 a night. Yes, you could argue that R.J. Barrett, he's shooting 35% from three. I don't really have a problem. I think five threes is enough. I don't think he should go be attempting more. I'm, I don't. I'm not confident in him as shooter, but what right now he's doing shooting wise is fine. But Brunson, yeah, he's like 30% exactly. Yeah, on the on the season. Yeah, I not think. terrible, but 
five game, I feel is a little much, in my opinion. He's scared. He's for his position. I think he'll work through it. But I think Quinn Grimes, RJ Barrett, a lot on the wings allow Randall and Brunson to not feel the pressure to, you know, they won't be exposed consistently defensively. And then Mitchell Robinson out here playing like 29 minutes a night and just fucking grabbing any rebound around him. And you got Emmanuel quickly with the way that they, they've cut their, their rotation. They've cut their rotation to Randall, Brunson, Barrett. It's a typical Tibbs rotation. You know, he likes to keep his rotation small. Eight guys. Eight guys. It's literally the five are Grimes, Robinson, Brunson, Barrett, and Randall. Then it goes quickly as the six-man. Harnstein to replace Robinson. Deuce McBride to help out the guards. And that's what it's been. And they've been cooking. A little bit of Jericho Sims, but like. He's nice. Fun fact for you guys. uh, R.J. Barrett used to be a 40% three-point shooter, so. I, that's why I don't have a problem with either of the like like with RJ Barrett taking. I think he's just going to shoot through through this slump. Oh, what do you think? Obviously, trading Evan Fournier would be nice, but do you think this is a team that needs to make a move to become a more of a threat this season at least, or do you think they're just playing the long game? Definitely, I mean, hundred percent. There, your young cast can only get you so far. I mean. I, I view Fournier, Rose, and Reddish especially as just dead weight. So, I mean, I, I definitely look look for them to make a move for like possibly a a disgruntled, maybe not star player because I don't know if they're going to be able to get a star player. But I mean, like Kyle, plenty of options. Who's one? John Collins are two guys who are who are you know disgruntled, and I think both. Yeah, of those, I think Collins those... would be interesting. I don't think he really fits uh, with what they currently have, but. Yeah, because it would fuck up. It would fuck you know, up. That Randall. would be nice, Kuzma, actually. Kuzma would be nice. Yeah, Kuzma would be awesome. I think, actually, Gordon. Collins might be interesting because if my big concern with Mitchell Robinson is just is his reliability is, or availability. So that might Good ease job. some pain off of it if you can throw more Randall at the five. But I think Eric Gordon's the best fit then because Eric Gordon, when he tries to play some defense, he could be a guy off the bench for you that you thought Evan Fournier could be. Concern would be be a little small. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. Abe, as a Knicks fan, who do you want? Who would you want to trade for Nia's contract or Derrick Rose for? Honestly, off the top of my head, I can't name a specific player, but it would, it would just have to be somebody that can shoot the three ball well, play defense well. Maybe not like a big man, but like somebody that can defend all five positions and definitely rebound. Just open up the game a little more for, you know, Randall and Brunson. Take a little bit of the pressure off Barrett to, like, score a lot. If you could work out a deal, in my opinion, that could work out really well for you guys, Evan, I, the Suns would say no to this. But if you offered Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish, send me Landry Shamet and Jay Crowder. I like that. Like, that's something that could definitely work because, oh, like yeah. – Hundred percent. You get the defense. You get the shooting. Yeah. If I'm the Suns, I'm saying no unless you're offering picks. I don't. I don't think you're getting like a star player. I think at best you're gonna get an above average role player that will provide like maybe six man stats. You know. I agree. I agree. You're not. You. You can't go over the fence, Jackson. Your thoughts? Well, I, I think Landry Shamit. Sorry, but yeah, Jay Crowder would be cool. For sure. You want Dario Saric instead? <sighs> not, not really, actually. <laughs> I'll take them both, maybe. <laughs> uh, let's let's pivot over to the Nets, who I think the Brooklyn Nets, they've literally have, I don't know if you saw this. I think it's since our man they're eleven and three since Kyrie Irving has came back. And Kyrie Irving and, you know, the media is not talking about this. When the Nets are doing good, Ben Simmons' back isn't looking terrible. Kyrie's playing basketball. They ain't talking about them because, you know what, at the end of the day, we all know what sells, and it's sadly the hardships of people. But right now, this team, 17-5, and five, I believe it is, under or 17-7 and seven under Jacques Vaughn, KU alum, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. What is your guys' initial thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets turnaround. And it comes down to that they're playing fucking defense and you can't stop KD and Kyrie because they drop 60 a night. 
Yeah, they're playing defense. That's what you're right. This team has finally started to apply itself in the defensive end. Maybe I'm like obviously Nick Claxton. Yeah, obviously Nick Claxton. Another he's a valuable player for sure. I know, like maybe like obviously Steve Nash wasn't a good coach. It didn't take many people to see that, but um, I think the change of voice and getting Jock Vaughn in there really, really helped this team. And obviously they've responded. And they're scary in the East. I certainly wouldn't want to run into them in the playoffs at full strength. Yeah. And I think that Jock Vaughn is one of those guys that they really like and they got behind. And I don't think Steve Nash just had the voice to, like, lead them somewhere where they wanted to be. Like, KD and Kyrie, they by themselves, they can take a team anywhere, but they need, like – a coach that they can get behind both of them as stars. Cause you know, they've been in the league for a while. So to, for them to take advice from somebody like Jock Vaughn, that I think, I think he's a better coach than Steve Nash. He has experience. Yeah. He has yeah. way more experience and I think he can handle the personalities better. Cause I think Steve Nash let a little bit of his own like career and stuff like that get in the yeah. way of that. Well, so uh, Jacques Vaughn has done a phenomenal job. I, we, I, I would make fun of Steve Nash all the time for dancing on TikTok. I don't know how you're supposed to like believe in a TikTok dancing coach, but I have the trait. So there's still a huge fall off between scoring. Like Claxton's huge for him, but found this trade: Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, and two first round picks for Kristaps Porzingis. I'd give him the ring right here, right now. So if KP's healthy. But there's a, there's a huge drop off right now with scoring, but like they still have a bunch of nice complimentary pieces. I don't think Royce O'Neal has helped out as much as I was really anticipating. I think with the emergence of Yuta Watanabe, I think uh, I think he could be on the move with Joe Harris. And I mean, they still have some first round picks. So I, at this point, I'm just I'm going all in on championship. Kyrie Irving had his first ever buzzer beater victory game winner or something like that, which is an insane statistic, but. They've won like 10 of their last 11. I love Jacques Vaughn. So, unfortunately, um, France didn't get the victory. So, right here. I'm just kidding. Double drill. <laughs> you got Defensive Player of the Year candidate, Nick Claxton. He's being super disrespected. Two and a half blocks a game right there from the young man. And he's playing good offense. You got yourself, Yudawan Nabe. Like you said, yeah, he took a little bit of Royce O'Neal's job. But I think Royce O'Neal adds a bit more. Yes, Royce is, I think, two or three inches shorter than Yuta Watanabe. But I think having Royce O'Neal and Yuta Watanabe are the type of players you need on your roster. And you don't move those type of guys. Now, I think, yes, Joe Harris. Because you got Joe Harris and Seth Curry, and they're both kind of putting out the same output. And at the end of the day, I'd rather keep Seth Curry than Joe Harris because he costs like way cheaper. And I think his contract expires before his. So for me, look for – yeah, maybe we, we package Joe Harris with Cam Thomas get a rebuilding team to send us maybe a, you know, a combination. Like let's say we hit up the Spurs and we're like, Hey, send us Josh Richardson. And I'm trying to think of another guy. Cause you can't get Doug McDermott under that, but cause of the salaries. But if you look at like Josh Richardson and send me, maybe if they want another big guy, Gorgie Dang, or if they want Kiet Kieta Bates Diop or something like that, or you can even, <laughs> I know, but I think really the best deal is if you hit up Utah and you get Kelly Olynyk, and like I just I really think Kelly Olynyk would be great for this team. But that's not even what it's about. It's playing defense, and that's what we've seen with this team that it's been super fun to watch. Is you got Ben Simmons, who's the floor general, the guy who guards one through five. You got yourself the shooters and Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Yudawan Nabe, Rosso O'Neal, who surround them. Deron Sharp and Nick Claxton hold down the middle. And I think Jock Vaughn, yeah, James Harden came out a few days ago and said the reason why he left the Brooklyn Nets was, dude, there was no structure. Even superstars need structure. And I think Jock, coming, a guy who's been on NBA benches for, I think, at least 10, 15 years now, he actually had an opportunity to be a head coach with the Orlando Magic. That fucking failed, but I don't think that was entirely his fault. And I think, again, it's just having someone who holds people accountable. Like Jock, Kevin Durant said that. Jock Vaughn doesn't you know, calls people out, calls everyone. And even now Kevin Durant just seems more engaged and calling being a leader and calling out and holding everyone accountable. And at the end of the day, I think this is a top 10 team in the NBA. 
I don't have them in my title contenders because I think title contenders are usually the top five teams, top four teams. But I think this is like the eighth best team in the NBA right now. Thoughts? I think that like if they if they keep playing like this, I think they have to be considered title contenders. I mean, they've got all the pieces there. Uh, maybe they need to get like somebody like if they can get a solid bench scorer, maybe who can maybe get them around thirteen to fifteen points a game at the deadline. That might put them over the edge, but hopefully TJ Warren can get to be that guy. But yeah, that's that's my main concern. Yeah. They just lack like, a guy off the bench. They lack a guy that can get buckets on the bench unit. But I think that they're still for sure. I think they like are they like if this Nets team with the way they played the last ten games, that's that Nets is a title contender. But we'll see how the season goes. We'll see how healthy they are. And but as of right now, I think they definitely deserve to be in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you possibly fathom them not being with Kevin Durant and Mr. Kyrie Irving. And, oh, also uh, Ben Simmons. Um, I would say, yeah, that bench score would be probably a huge difference maker. I like the Kelly Olenek idea too. TJ Warren's pretty enticing. He's Mr. Efficiency right now as he works back from injury, so he could be a sneaky X factor. But, yeah, I think they're – just couldn't hit a three-point shot so far. Yeah, well, if you're connecting on 66% of your field goals, I'll take it. But – I know what you're saying. I think it'll. I know he's not. Gonna it's Russ. It's Russ. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he's, two years of playing. Yeah, it's he's not going to be bubble TJ, but it's two years of not playing basketball. Yeah, it's, they'll it's, have a bunch of other three point snipers too. Like yeah. Utah's a fifty percent three point shooter. Like they they have the shooting to get by with him being rusty for now. Yeah, so I think they're probably like a nice. I still think Terrence away. Terrence uh, Ross, Gary Harris? Yeah, send Seth Curry and, and Joe Harris and a pick over to Orlando. Send me Gary Harris and Terrence Ross. Tell me tell me those, that you get all, just as good as three-point shooters, basically, and you get two guys who actually play defense. What if I gave you two seconds instead? Oh, is that Orlando just hanging off the phone? <laughs> I just yeah, I mean, but yeah, no. Harris are nice, but I think everyone's in agreement. Jalen, uh, Jalen said it. I said this earlier in my rant that I rather keep Seth Curry. Seth Curry and Joe Harris are right now producing the same exact stats, basically. And at this point, I think Seth's shooting, hitting the same amount of threes at a lower clip. So at this point, like you're paying Seth half the money. Let's use Joe Harris as a trade chip. And I'm sorry to say I love Cam Tollins. I love Kessler Edwards. But if you have to throw those two guys in to, instead of a pick, you do it. But, yeah, I think that this is a team that's right there on the on the fringe, in my mind, of being a title contender. The only thing that's holding it back, and Luke said it earlier, is that off-the-bench score. If this team had, you know, a like Malik Beasley or a – you know, Jordan Clarkson is another example, but like a guy who can just come off and be even like Cameron Payne, how he can come in and just run the, like what we thought Patty Mills was going to do. We just need a guy who can come off the bench and give us 12, 15 tonight. Nothing. Okay. I'm going to switch. Yeah. Yeah. We already said it. Like you're right. TJ Warren could be that guy, but they need somebody to step up. I'd love if they would take Fournier or Rose off my hands. That'd be nice. I would hate that. That would be a terrible. But you know, Those Nick, would be cool. Nick, look, Ben Simmons is good. But we're gonna switch over and talk about Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is progressing towards running. The recent report came out that Lonzo Ball, as of right now, from what the word on the street is, this is from Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago. Lonzo Ball is making progress towards being able to run, according to Billy Donovan. Donovan added that there is no timetable for Ball to be cleared to run. Quote, we haven't had anything that's been like, oh, geez, we're back at square one. It's just slow, unfortunately. It's just managing the pain and discomfort he's feeling, end quote, said Donovan. Once ball gets cleared, he will have a significant ramp-up period for conditioning. Adrian Wojnarowski reported last week that there are no guarantees that Lonzo Ball suits up for the Bulls this season. But last year, under Lonzo Ball, the team was 22-13 and 13 with him in the lineup. Is your guys' thoughts that could Lonzo Ball, if he were to come back from his knee debridement this season, could he save the Chicago Bulls season? Or is that just fallacy and this Chicago team just needs to blow it up like everyone's Ooh. saying? I know, they're saying they're not blowing it up, but like – They shouldn't blow it up. Why would I blow it up? I have two all-star guards. 
I have an all-star guard. I have an all-star yeah. forward. I have an previously all-NBA capable big man in Nikola Vucevic, and I have a possible deep, maybe not deep boy, all all defense guy, Patrick Williams. As we see with the New York Knicks, if my point guard could give me double-digit scoring, I think that would go a long way, which Mr. Ayodesumo was a little too raw for that. I think Lonzo Ball is definitely a difference maker. But, I mean, it's so evidently clear that we lost the trade to Vucevic. It's just actually disgusting. But I hate the idea of, like, blowing up teams when you have – no, he's not boss. I hate blowing up teams when you have – all these, like, I have two all-stars on my team. What am I blowing up? Like, the Victor Wembanyama hype is way too big right now, and I'm going to talk about it when we talk Orlando. But, like, yeah, Levine, I, I agree. Levine can't be my best player on the championship team, but this roster wasn't constructed to be a championship team the year we constructed it. So, they just, they're sorry right now. I mean, like, it's all about when Lonzo comes back because here's the thing. The Bulls, they knew what they needed to do. They needed to tread water until Lonzo came back and then they could make a run at a top four seed maybe. But they're not even treading water right now. They are out of the play and they just can't do anything right now. If Lonzo doesn't come back until like February and this team is far out of the playoffs, it might not be enough to drag to make up enough games. Like they are starting, I don't want to say panic mode, because it's still very early. Like last year, the Celtics were God awful until January. And then they had the best record in the league. The second half of the season, it can be turned around. They're in pre panic mode, not quite panic mode yet, but they need Lonzo. Yeah. I think Lonzo is a key. Cause he's, he adds an element to the game where he opens it up for DeRozan and Levine by being the playmaker, taking pressure off them defensively and just, just being an all around good player for them. Like I think, I think this reminds me kind of like when the Knicks made the playoffs that one year and then they didn't make it the second year because Rose was out. Randall didn't have a point guard. And it just kind of reminds me of that situation. <clears throat> no, I think it's like this whole thing, though, that gets me frustrated is the fact that you look at the fact that they got Goran Dragic. They got drafted Dalen Terry. They have Kobe White, but Kobe White's kind of not been there at times. They've got Javante Green. They've got themselves Andre Drummond. They've got Vooch. They've got DeMar. They've got Levine. they got Pat Will. They have the players. And Billy Donovan's not a bad coach. This is the, you know, you forgot about us. Why not us, Thunder, with Chris Paul, Shea, and Dennis Schroeder as your starting like three guards okay i i don't understand why this team is struggling like to do anything because it, it seems at times that they're inept at playing offense and then inept at defense and when you have two guys in demar Derozan and zach levine who are like one you know arguably one of the better scorers in our league so if Lonzo doesn't come back, how do you fix the Chicago Bulls without Lonzo Ball this season? What's your guys' thoughts this season in regards of if this is if you can't get it done right now with without if you're not going to have Lamelo back this season? So what would you I do? To, I mean, not Lamelo, Lonzo. Sorry, Lonzo back this season. What would you do to alleviate this situation to make the playoffs? I'd look Zach Levine square in the eyes and say, do more. I don't like, don't score 21 a night. If I had major issues with his contract because he's not a max player, but you have to do it unless you want to lose him, which I wasn't good with. He's putting up 21. This is like a 27 point per game score a couple of years ago. I, I don't think it's the same Levine. I know he's battled injuries, but we're getting to the point of the season where it's like enough's enough. I mean, we took Milwaukee to six. Without him, I know Chris got hurt, but I don't think there's really anything you can do. I mean, there's nothing I really want to do. I, we can't. I'm not tanking for a bottom four pick. I'll tell you that. But yeah, changes need to be made. I think it needs to start internally rather rather than externally. Uh, I think that is a big thing. I think Zach Levine needs to be Zach Levine, and also the Co Kobe White is. Kobe White just hasn't taken that step yet. What is this? Is this his third or fourth year in the league now at this point? He 
for the same thing with Pat Wills, though. Yeah, like again, they just they need to take that next step, and it just hasn't happened yet. And if Lonzo doesn't play and they don't do that, I don't know what fixes this Bulls team. That's like there's really not much else, like you said, Jackson. Like they they don't have the roster to tank, and they nor nor should they. And they they can't exactly hit. They don't have a ton of move. They have some movable pieces, but if they move guys, then they're gutting their squad to make a run at something. So it's just, they're in a very tough spot right now. They didn't expect to be here. And Lonzo's health, just being an uncertainty, just makes everything that much worse for them. Yeah. I don't think this is a one move fix type of thing where they can just trade one of those guys and replace him and potentially like make a run. I I honestly don't know what they have to do. I think it's an off season type of thing to figure out. Yeah, I don't – I mean, that's a great question or great point of Kobe White. I mean, Kobe White's desperate this season. I don't know what the hell is going on. This man was cooking yeah. 30 pieces every week not too long, a couple of years ago. He's averaging like five less points. I know decrease in minutes, but, I mean, Andre Drummond got a DMP the other night. I don't get what's up with that. Um, Patrick Williams, I don't like the Patrick Will slander because well, I don't Andre know. Drummond doesn't make sense when he started out the season. Like, what was it? The yeah. first 10 games he was averaging double double in 15 minutes a night. A lot of Billy's, a lot of Billy's rotations are confusing to me, but like Patrick Williams is almost a 50 40 90 guy putting up 10 points a night. He's a good fourth option to me. Yeah, I want to see him have a slight point increase, but I mean, he's still efficient when he. Yeah, and he's always a good defender too. I think he has more time than Kobe White. Kobe White, definitely, his, yeah. Yeah, his shots, his so his field goal attempts are down, and you know when your shot attempts go down, you would expect your efficiency numbers to go up. He's shooting worse from the floor than last year, and that's with a giant decrease in shots and usage, and he's still shooting worse. Like, I don't know if Kobe White. I don't. I think the Bulls might just have to move on from him. I don't. I don't know what you do with him, but. Yeah, yeah, I don't at this, for sure. Do you is that the right move you guys think at this point? Because his contract's expiring. Like mm-hmm. who, who else do you move on from on this? Somebody roster? will buy on him. Somebody will pay something to take a chance on him being the Kobe White that they saw, but he doesn't have a path to minutes in this team and he just isn't playing well. I also don't think he's a great fit. I don't know what the fit is for this roster. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the um, Goran Dragic move, I feel like, put him in a backseat unless he was Mr. Microwave. So, I mean, the the Jazz might be a, a team. I, they have a bunch of undersized cards, but maybe they would take a pick. But I know they got guys who would I would really kill for, like Kelly Olenek and Vandy and, I mean, honestly, any player on the team. So, you never know. So, Kemba Walker is a guy that – was signed. People forgot about him. I know over here, Luke, as a Boston Celtics fan, and my father's a Boston Celtics fan, I got to see a bit of Kemba as also, you know, living in the suburbs, you know, of Baltimore, I got to see a lot of Wizards game, and we played the Hornets a lot, I believe, because we're in the same division. And I've always been a Charlotte fan, and, and I've always been primarily because of Kemba due to the fact that, remember UConn when they won that title? And this weekend, with a lot of injuries, Kemba got to play because Luke was out, and he dropped basically a phenomenal game. And I know it wasn't efficient, but you're not asking. You literally signed Kemba for him to shoot threes because the one thing that Kemba has been able to hold on to is still be a perimeter threat. What is your guys' initial thoughts of Kemba so far on the Dallas Mavericks, the man who's averaging currently, I think, through three appearances – 45.7% from the field, 15 points a night on 25 minutes, 29.4% on three, but he's shooting like collectively through three games, he shot 17 threes. So that's like over five threes a night, but that's because in one game he shot 13 threes. There's now 4.7 assists and three and a half rebounds. Thoughts? Kemba can still be a good role player. I remember all that talk when he got forced out of the Knicks rotation and everybody was saying that he was washed. Like, you're telling me teams have a use for Kemba Walker. He might not be the Kemba Walker of old, but being a good ball handler, being a good passer, and obviously, you know, like, obviously he chucked up 13 threes the other day, but he had to, you know, and he still shot 30%. Like, 
Kemba's Kemba. He can still produce for a good playoff team off the bench in limited minutes. Yeah, I agree. I think he's I think he's good for a lot of the teams in the league. Like the Lakers could use a guy like Kemba. I know a couple other teams that could. And the one thing that confuses me with the Mavericks is like, what's going on with Dinwiddie and Christian Wood? I don't like I, I don't hear about them enough, I feel like. That's just my take on it. I think they just get drowned out because of Luka Doncic. I mean, the, Christian Woods, empty, more of an empty stat player. I, I think putting him on the bench is a good call. But if you're coming off the bench, I don't need you to be anything really more than just a bucket getter. I think Kemba's like really nice. Like, it fits perfectly. They obviously lost Jalen Brunson, which was catastrophic for him, as you can see. I don't think this – They, I think the Mavericks have plenty of help. I think they have more than plenty of help. Maybe they could use another rebounder. Um I don't think that changes anything about them. I, they're a good team, a playoff team, but I, I don't think you can win anything with Luka Doncic unless they change it up a little bit. So I don't see that happening. Yeah, Kemba certainly doesn't take them over the edge. He just is another productive player, but yeah. they still have the same flaws that they've always had. At best, I think he gives you maybe like 45% of what Brunson gave you. Well, maybe not at best that percentage, but I think he can give you a similar thing to what he can, what Brunson did, but maybe not to the level that Brunson did in the playoffs last year. Sorry. So I think this is definitely something with Kemba that people were asked, like acting as if I think Kemba was still, like, I know kind of, what is Kemba, 34, 32? People were acting as if he just fell off a cliff, but I think just his play style was reliant on his athleticism. So people were still were thinking that because Kemba just lost as, as a, his athleticism, he's a completely worthless guy, but he's still good to come in 15 minutes a night through. You can still pass the ball. You can still shoot the threes. I mean, clearly he can't attack the rim like he used to. And I think it's, it's interesting as how to see – I think the reason like they brought him is, is they brought Composo and they were like Composo was cool for his defense and his passing, but they're like clearly we just need more shooting. We need more shooting on this Mavericks team. But it's not like he's gonna win an award. I don't think they need I don't think they need shooting. I think they desperately need a big man that isn't named JaVale. JaVale's pretty bad, bro. Oh, Christian. They yeah, they need rebounding. That's gonna kill them in the playoffs if they match up against any of the good bigs. Like Nerlens Noel. Yeah. Yeah. Good defensive big who can rebound. And I think it's though this is a team that definitely could go out and get themselves. I don't know what's a big name on the market, but imagine Vucevic on this team. Nikola Vucevic would fit this roster. No. I think he'd be a good fit, but I, I mean, he's still not. He's not a. He's not a phenomenal defensive big. So I mean, as far yeah. as I'm maybe lacking in that aspect, but he, he's a good rebounder. And they need that. You need to give me three firsts and Luka Doncic if you want to try to even pry away Nikola Vucevic from me. I'm in too deep. I'm in sure. way too deep with him. You're too invested at this point. Yeah, we've <laughs> lost too much. <laughs> Yeah, the Powell injuries blows. Huge blower for him. All right. Now I wanted to move over and Mo let's Bamba. Talk. Mo Bamba could be actually an option. We're not playing him. <laughs> Bull Bull took his job and said, Mo Bamba, you're ass, and we've always known it. Mo what is that song? Shek West. Mo Yeah, Mo Bamba. Yeah. That's the good old song. Isn't Shaq West playing professional basketball? Uh, I think he played like semi-pro basketball for a little bit, like when, whenever though was that. I can't remember when it was. It was like months ago, but. So it's like a player. Could have made the college probably. Yeah, I'm sure he could have. So Nikolai Jokic, every season, they're like, can he get better? And he does. Okay. Continuing to improve his defense. But you know what's the best part? 
He's shooting 62.1% from the field, averaging 25 a night. But over the last few games, Nikola Jokic, he had 40 points, 27 rebounds and a triple-double. Okay, he had a Wilk Chamberlain-esque that. He's doing shit only Wilk Chamberlain has done. Nikola Jokic, over the last 10 games, is averaging 29.6. 10 assists, 13 rebounds, a block a game, two steals, 35% from three and 62% from the field. What is your guys' thoughts of Nikolai Jokic carrying this Denver Nuggets team in his seventh season to 18 and 11, okay? And Nikolai Jokic is only 27 years old. It's crazy to think of that. He might win MVP again, man. Like, the dude in the month of December, he's averaging 31, 13, and 9. That is unbelievable as a big man. And just when, like you said, just when we think he just doesn't get better, he just content, still continues to produce at an elite level. And, I mean, yeah, he's one of the best players in the league for a reason. I don't know where this Nuggets team would be without him. But, yeah, there's not much else to say. Mediocrity. Yeah. yeah. You can't replicate what he does on the floor at all. Like, he's he can run your offense. He can spread the floor. He can rebound. The other thing he has to improve is his defense, and he's already doing it. So, Jackson, who hates Nikola Jokic, what's your thoughts? No, I love Nikola. You, I love Nikola. You, oh my goodness, I love Nikola Jokic, but it's actually Nikola. Defense, you asshole! You fucking ignorant prick! What I say? What What'd you, you say? Nikola. You're saying Nikola, but it's Nikola. It's Nikola. Nikola. It's Nikola. It's Nikola. Nikola He's Serbian. It's Nikola. Nikola Jokic. He's not Mirtic. He's not Nikola Mirtic. <laughs> All right. Jokic is there you go. a there stellar you go. basketball player with massive defensive liability. You're just white. You don't time. understand fucking cultured names. You fucking. <laughs> I don't. And I think, I, I think Denver could make a run for the one seed. I, I mean, their defense sucks. I think Michael Porter Jr. might be a name on the move, actually. Um, I think Bruce Brown and KCP are huge additions that we talked about in the offseason, but I, I still I still don't see where their shop or their rim protecting shot blocking big is. So I would imagine that defensively, once they get into the playoffs, not the first round, not the second round, but just like the great Steph Curry. I'm, like somebody's gonna expose him, so that sucks. So I think they aren't 100 quite there yet, but yeah. So look over this run, I think something that's being completely overlooked is first off, Michael Porter Jr. has been out, and Aaron Gordon this season's having a career year, and over in the month of December, the guy's averaging 19 points a night. Jamal Murray's working his way back from the injury and he's still doing good, but I think Jamal Murray has fully assumed that he is like the third guy, regardless of like, like nothing wrong. Jamal Murray's the point guard, but he's the third option scoring wise. And it seems like it's either the second option. Are you putting Aaron Gordon ahead of him? When Michael Porter Jr. is out, yes, Aaron Gordon, because Nikola, you're putting on Jamal Murray. Nah, listen, listen, but he won't be, and he okay. shouldn't be. He shouldn't be, but the reason why, because he's rusty. Well, so he's rusty, but the other thing is, is Jokic likes what Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon do. Is Jokic will back up and he'll post up on the elbow or on the low block. And Porter and Gordon will cut to the basket while they're slashing. He throws an easy bounce pass and they just dunk it. You can't really do that with Jamal as often. It's a lot easier to get like Jamal his for Jokic. It's usually if he can get the layup easy or if he can get him out on a three point shot while it's with Gordon, he can get him on a mid range for a dunk for an oop for, you know, same thing with Michael Porter. It's the options are a little bit more just, a, you could say it's for Russ because of Jamal, but this season Jamal's been more of the third option. Not that Jamal should be. I think Jamal is a great second option or co-second second option with Michael Porter Jr. But what's your thoughts on that? Jamal's the second option, man. Like he should be, and he probably will be. Like he, it's Jamal Murray, man. He, nobody else on that team can do what he does offensively besides Jokic. Yeah, I agree. It's the rust. He had a really severe. What about Michael Porter Jr.? Michael Porter, he is Trade not him. a no nah, man. Trade he's not the same. Trade him. Trade him. Trade him. 
trade him. That's Michael Porter slander. The guy who was the number one recruit in high school. Like, don't get me wrong. I think I love Jamal Murray, but everyone's still expecting like bubble Jamal Murray slash pre-injury Jamal Murray, which like is always possible to come back. But I think Jamal Murray's like a 19 and like seven guy, which is like really good. He's like a coach. Co- yeah, <laughs> second option. <laughs> yes, I, I, Michael Porter Jr. was supposed to be the next Kevin Durant shot. He, this guy still can't get healthy. Okay, I Jamal don't know Murray what he offers me outside of scoring. Is Jamal, is Jamal Murray more a D'Angelo Russell, or, no. Jamal, or is Jamal Murray more of a? Let me think of this. Okay, not a more offensive version of Drew Holiday. Just think of Drew Holiday's role, not his like actual play style because they don't play style. Is his role more of a Drew Holiday role? I will or say, is he more of a D'Angelo Russell point guard? I will go with the guy who put up 26, 6, and 7 just the last time he was healthy in the playoffs that he's neither nor. I don't know. I'm not trying to compare them. I'm You're just, just saying, saying his role is, but like yeah. Drew Holiday is the third offensive option on that team, and Jamal Murray is not, should not be the third option on the Nuggets. Should not be. He should be the second option. I just his last scared. healthy season, he averaged 21 a game. I mean, I know like he may not be that, but I just get scared man. that he's kind of a similar point guard to D'Lo, like same tier. I'd rather have him than D'Lo on my team. Yeah. Yes, yes, I 100% agree. But, like, I just – do you get what I'm saying with the D'Lo comparison and they're, like, the same tier that, like yeah, – I, uh, I, I mean, same like, tier, I guess. Like, like they, D'Lo and Jamal Murray the type of guys that if they were on, like, the Spurs or, like, if they were on that Brooklyn Nets team that D'Lo was on, I think Jamal Murray would be putting up, like – Yeah, like the Kenny Atkinson Nets. He would have done really good for that team. Yeah, and it's nothing against them or no shade. There's no shade there. It's – that's why I get scared is like, do you want those guys as your second option? Yes. Yeah. You want D'Lo? Like, would you want D'Lo as your second he's option? He's not D'Lo. I don't like D-Lo, the comparison. And he's not D'Lo. Like, I guess Russell. you're saying the same tier, but he's better than D'Lo. He's not D'Lo. Yeah. There's okay. levels to this made-up tier that he's on with D'Angelo yeah. Well, first off, first off, D'Angelo Russell's playing phenomenal the like, last yeah. few games. Yeah, like, him being the third option on that Timberwolves team is good. That's oh, good. yeah, he would be yeah, fucking like – that, that's, that's perfect. Fine. Yeah, I just, I just get, I don't know what Jamal Murray like. I know obviously he's coming back from an injury, but because he was, he was so good for like a fifty-game sample size. Yeah, before pre-injury and then the bubble, and then yeah, that I didn't know, like, because it carried over. Yeah, and season. My, it's just like. I want to make sure that, like, I don't want to buy in and get into the hype, and then it turns out that was a fluke, you know? Does that make sense? Like, like Yeah, but, like, I don't think – I think he's done enough. I think he's just – I think he's done enough over, you know, his career to make you say that it's not a fluke because you know what you're going to get out of him. Like, the dude's averaged – the dude's averaged seven, around 17 a game at, at least every year he's been in the league. And even this year, he's still doing that, and he's not even – he's rusty. So – You're right. You're right. And – so does that bring the concern that the biggest concerning player on this roster is then Michael Porter Jr.? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Jamal Murray had a freak severe injury, but he has shown in the past at least an ability to stay healthy and play a lot of games we need him to play. Michael Porter Jr. has been plagued by injury problems every year he's been in the league somewhat. For the one season in his, like, contract year. Yeah, like, you know, like, I don't – I think he's more of a risk as far as you're wanting someone to be healthy than Jamal. Whose ceiling's higher? Whose ceiling is higher? I don't know if my, like at in, this point, at this point, at this point, Jamal, like in the bizarro alternate universe that Michael Porter Jr. was the Kevin Durant that like people thought he was in high school, obviously MPJ, but so far he's given us no reason to to think that he is. And even when he's healthy, he's just like a twenty-one seven and yeah, like, and poor guy, which is bad. It's not bad. It's just that's what I think his ceiling is now, and I still think that's worse than Jamal Murray. Trade him. Okay, you putting it like that makes sense. I... Did you say 21-7-4? and four? 
Wasn't that what was his stats his full healthy season? Michael Porter Jr. is a career high in assists is 1.9. So Jamal Murray was a Jamal Murray uh, was a 21 guy. Michael Porter Jr. is fully healthy season, though. I think he's the second half for average more than 1.9 assists per game. He's, yeah, very he's one. not a passer, but that's yeah. because they don't need him to be. But Jamal Murray is like Jamal Murray's best season so far was like 22, 5, and 5. Yeah, okay, here. Michael Porter was 19, seven and a half, one, yeah, one, one, basically. Yeah, the one season that he played. Sixteen so, games. Like that's good, but even then, that's still worse than Jamal. The best season that Jamal Murray's had, and he hasn't gotten anywhere close to that since. Whereas, at least pre-injury, Jamal was pretty consistent. All right, let's switch topics and. I think that was a good little Nuggets discussion. I'll probably get roasted for being like the stupidest fucking. But let's talk about a team that is, you can tell this team's about to be one of the top, probably next year a playing team. Paulo Banquero, 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 Paulo Banquero, Franz Wagner. That's fucking insane. Then you throw in Bowl Bowl. And you got Wendell Carter Jr. Okay. And also, Marco Fultz looking pretty solid, like the point guard they needed. They've got pieces all over this team. And they they beat good teams, and then they lose the bad teams. But, like, what is your guys' thoughts on the Orlando Magic so far this season? Fuck them. Fuck the Magic. <laughs> oh, yeah, a little Boston Celtics. We have Magic twice in three days at the Garden, and they posted the fucking video of Raper Alston slapping Eddie Else's headband off in the playoffs on Sunday after they won. Like, this shitty-ass team just came in and punked us twice. But... Skip to my Lou Raper Alston? Yeah, yeah, like the video of him slapping Eddie House's headband off in the playoffs when, when, when they beat us. But no, nah, this Magic team is young and exciting. Clearly, like obviously they're not there yet, but I think they're a year away from being a year away. Yeah, they've got a lot of potential, and with the right moves made, even though the Magic have given us no reason to trust them to make the right moves in the past, if they can do that, this core is really special. Their like, new front office is the front office that drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo, traded for Chris Middleton. Yeah, so like maybe things are different in Orlando. If they are, then this team is really special. What do you guys think about Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs? Mm. What do you do there? Okay. Let me so as an Orlando Magic fan, this is tough. So I was pulling up the December stats. And right now we he, it's funny that you say that because the only guy we've seen out of that guy is Cole Anthony. And right now, in my opinion, I've been liking Markel Fultz better than Cole Anthony so far. And that's just because, yeah, I know Markel Fultz also is shooting 45.5% from three. Yes, I know it's on one and a half temps, but Markel Fultz three point shooter might be real. Okay. I, I think like Cole Anthony, I've, I've liked him. He's exceeded expectations because coming out of college, I thought of him as an inefficient shot chucker. But in the NBA, he's shown he can score, he can ball handle it. And I think he's a good spot starter. But the more, again, he's the type of guy that I've realized he's going to make a lot of money being a six man of the year candidate. Nothing against him. I think Cole Anthony is just a guy that you want coming off the bench and just dropping buckets and running the offense. I don't think you want him being your floor general. I think Markel Fultz is more of a defensive floor general, and that's why Markel works better with this team. Plus, it gives you a bit more size. Now, Jalen Suggs is the guy that could surmount both of them, and we saw it in like the beginning of the year. The guy fucking went off in that one game. We saw everything we thought Jalen Suggs could be. This 20-point scorer who dropped – at least five assists a night, grab five rebounds, hound people defensively. Like, it's just health right there for Suggs. Like, we know what Suggs can be. The shot's still a little iffy, but, like, sometimes that shot falls. It's good. And it's 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 interesting because we have Chumo KK in there. We got, like, our wing – we got wings, okay? We got Caleb Houston. I know Terrence Ross and Gary Harris will move on, but got – also, I think RJ Hampton needs to be used like Quinn Grimes because he's grown from 6'5 to 6'7". But we got Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner, Paulo Bancaro, Bull Bull, Wendell Carter in our front court. Then we got on the wings Franz Wagner as well. You know, we got ourselves Chumo KK, Caleb Houston. We probably could draft a guy out there too. 
but we've got players on this team. Like Mo Bamba's still here, so that's still depth there. We got, you know, we got players here. It's just at the guard position. Like I think we got three guys between Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, and Cole Anthony. It's about just getting Suggs healthy enough. And I think Markel Fultz and Sugg can figure it out who's going to be the one between them and Cole Anthony could be like a perennial six man. It's just one of them needs to be able to run an offense. And right now the only one who's shown he can run offense is Markel Fultz. So that's why I'm choosing Markel Fultz. I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen um, Jalen Suggs play in a month. So he was averaging about six assists before he got injured. He was even putting up some 20 pieces Two barbecues. Um, it's hell. Jonathan There's Isaac not- is coming back. Well, yeah, I've only he's only played like forty something games in his career, so I'm leaning more towards. I really like Jalen Suggs. I mean, I think next year will be a pivotal year for his. I want Jalen Suggs to work out. He was like my top four prospect in that draft. Yeah, hopefully he comes back. I don't need him to be anything crazy. If he can be a fifteen point per game score and giving me over five and a half assists, I'm gonna take that. I think his defense that. is really good. I think he's just an overall leader. It comes from his football background. Uh, what was he, a DB? Quarterback. He's a quarterback. Um, and just a fun fact, the Magic have nine players scoring in double digits. Technically, I'm sold on them. I think that they're going to make the plane still, so I look forward to seeing them in the playing tournament. Jonathan Isaac, Mr. Isaac, will be making his return somewhat soon. That's going to be very fun. I think Paolo Bancaro is having a phenomenal, probably the most overlooked rookie season that I've ever witnessed with my own two eyes. And I think that it's because of Victor Wembanyama's hype for, I mean, good reason, but I think it's just completely overlooking everything Paolo Bancaro is currently doing. And the Orlando Magic's market certainly doesn't help. But, yeah, I can't wait to see them play in the playing tournament. So it'll be fun. Hopefully they can get out of it. Yeah, Paolo's having one of the best rookie seasons that any rookie's had ever. He's playing phenomenally. He's averaging like 22 a game, and he's actually shooting not terribly. You know, like, and considering that the, nobody thought the Magic were going to do anything, he playing at a high level already, dropping 31 against the Celtics on Sunday has been a nice surprise. He looks like a veteran out there. Yeah. Yeah. And Jalen Suggs, man, like, like you guys were saying, when, if it's the health. And then if he can get that jump shot to start falling from three, if, like it's if he can stay healthy, he has the highest upside, I think, out of all three of those guards that we were talking about earlier. But as of right now, I think Markel is probably the best starting to help this team win. And they may not be a win now team right now, but it might get to a point later in the season where they might be in contention for the playing game, Jackson, like you said. And they're certainly going to want to start winning at that point. So. Talent's all there. Just realized my other mic was plugged in this whole time, so I probably sound a lot better now. But this is so I said I wanted Jabari Smith to be the first pick, and I the whole time I said I didn't want us to draft Chet Holmgren, and I always said Paulo Bancaro was the guy that like I was cool, like I wouldn't have no emotion if we drafted him, and I'm so happy we draft <laughs> drafted Paulo. Because out of all the rookies, this guy is literally looking like he's in his second or third season. Physically, he's already just as physically built as any other NBA player. And it's crazy to think about that last year around this time, the, everyone was like, oh, my God, Paulo Carroll might not be a good NBA player because he sweats too much. He <laughs> sweats too. You remember that? He loses seven pounds. Yeah. <laughs> So dumb, such dumb dialogue, man. Like, come on, you knew this kid was gonna be good. Like, I wanted him or Jabari Smith to go number one because I'm Same. not, I'm not a big fan of Chet personally. Exactly. He might prove me wrong, but I'm not a big fan of him. And I really like those two guys. I thought they had more, and they were more NBA ready. Yeah, yeah. and they made the right choice with Paulo. Like yeah. this, it's it's not even just the scoring. Like, I mean, the guys coming out here dropping twenty tonight, the first rookie to do that in a while. And it really just comes down to it's the passing, it's the ball the playmaking ability and the composure. Dude, yeah. He's not phased when teams try to double him when teams play aggressive defense. He's not phased. Like the thing is, is though the other thing is he's six foot ten and he's like I remember when Anthony Davis came in, everyone's like Anthony Davis is gonna be so good because he was a six foot point guard till his yeah. junior year. And like no, dude, 
Paulo Bancaro's ball handling skills shit on Anthony Davis's. And Anthony Davis had phenomenal ball handling skills for a big. Like Paulo Bancaro, like legit looks like a wing when he's like ball yeah, handling. He does. Yeah. And then like, oh, this guy's like you forget that he's 6'10. You can play him at small. And he's like, he's moving like Jason Tatum with the ball. Yes. You know? Like and he's two inches taller than Jason Tatum. And like probably 40 pounds heavier. Yeah, he's bigger. He's got that Anthony Davis body type, but he has like he looks like Jason Tatum out there. And it's just oh dude, he's I, so good. I think the one thing you can nitpick is just defense, but he's a rookie learning defense, uh NBA rotations, NBA. NBA screen. rotations are just so much different at a different level than college. So like yeah, it takes time and I'm, and it, I'm sure that'll improve. He has all the tools for it. Yeah, because it's like people think like, oh, you just have to be athletic to be a good defender. Nah, it's like a it's a combination of instincts, IQ, and athleticism, like knowing how to anticipate. Jason Tatum wasn't a good defender his rookie year. Yeah. And now just, look at him. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously you have certain limitations if you're a six foot guard, but like if you're six foot eleven, like Paolo is, like you're gonna you're gonna figure it out if you have good coaches. I keep hearing this name you guys keep mentioning, Mr. Jason Tatum, fellow Duke alumni. I know we got some gay hawks in here. Jayhawks, um, I think it might be undisputed now that Duke has the best NBA players. Yeah, but where's the ring? Did you guys win a ring? <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> Muted. I said, oh, all right. I was just kidding. Move. Well, first, are off, we going to talk about Jalen Brown? We're talking Dallas? about the best player on the fucking Boston Celtics. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. This is a pro Blake Griffin show. Okay. Yes, it is. Blake yes, it of is. the year. Blake of the year. <laughs> you know what's great about Blake is he's multiversated. He's a multifaceted guy. Not only is he a great NBA player, not only is he an outstanding father, he's a fucking. Great A entertainer. He's a comedian. This guy's got chops. Okay. And I think Blake, look, Joe Mazzula. Can we talk about Joe Mazzula? This is the Bill Parcell, the Joe Gibbs, the, the Lou Holtz of coaching. <laughs> this guy motivates people. Okay. Joe Mazzula. The Quizlet King, Joe Mazzula. Yes, the Quizlet King, Joe Mazzula. That's a West Virginia education. For yes, you. it is. Okay. He's like, he played in the Final Four. Yeah, only Mountaineer to do that. Country roads take me home, and I think it comes down to Jason Tatum as an all-around guy, playmaking, passing. I mean, first off, the reason why the Boston Celtics are the number one team in basketball with a below-average defense for their standards is they're shooting forty percent from three-point range as a team. I, yeah, I mean the Bucks are ahead of us now because we just yeah, but. Yeah, like we uh, like you still make more threes. I think you guys are like a historic rate for how many threes yeah, like you're gonna we, shoot as a team. Like we what? Like I, when a, a couple weeks ago, this might be changed, but we had like three guys in the top five in three point percentage. I don't know if we still have three guys in the top five, but like everybody's just making shots, and our defense for some reason is shit now. Even though we had the best defense in the league last year, and I do think that'll improve but... with Robert Wills back. Yeah. You got Al Horford elbowing people, getting fined 25K. I fucking love every second of this Boston Celtics team. And Grant Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, Sam Hauser make up the bench with, you know, I mean, well, I think Derek White's starting, but Mark, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, Al Horford. This is a team's a unit. And I think it's just going to be really, really, really fun for this team due to the fact that I think with every game that they play, they're just going to continuously get better defensively, which is their one weakness right now. Jackson, thoughts? Cover your ears, Luke. Uh, lost four or five. Jalen Brown travels a lot that no one realizes. I don't – three-point shooting actually offers me nothing because the Bucks won two years ago shooting 32.1% in the playoffs. I so think the, the Lakers – yeah, in the so bubble. Even more, uh, yeah, even more so. So I think that the Boston Celtics are the second best team in the East. But considering the Milwaukee Bucks almost beat the Boston Celtics with 
without Chris Middleton. I don't know if I'm completely sold on it. I can't wait for the Western Eastern Conference Final of Boston versus Milwaukee, though. It should be fun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think you brought up some valid points. The Bucks do scare me because, man, we barely straight by them and the Heat. And uh, Giannis is Giannis. So. The Heat are playing regular season basketball. The Heat are so I know, old. They never do. They no, never the- do. The Heat just care about the playoffs. They're like, yeah. we're old. The Bucks are the Bucks, And I'm not scared of the Heat even in the playoffs. But I am scared yeah. of the Bucks. And the Cavs. If Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, because they beat us twice early in the year. I'm definitely scared so of the Bulls. And the Nets. And the Nets. And the Bulls. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think the Cavs are much of a threat quite yet. Really, I think the Cavs are a threat because of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen might just fucking bitch Robert Williams and Al Horford and rebounding. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I also get scared of Nick Claxton and Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons just manhandling. Like the Celtics, I feel like the key to beat the Celtics right now is control the boards and force Jalen, force Jalen Brown and the rest of the team to beat you. Because if you just pull Jason Tatum and all the games where Jason Jaylen Tatum Brown should... still is a, like putting up like twenty seven tonight. No, I love Jalen Brown. You know that I like Jalen Brown more than Jason Tatum. I'm a I'm a Jalen Brown stand. Like take if both I, of them out of the game, then... like. I, I, I would trade everyone except Jalen Brown. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. But I'm kidding. That was but no, I think it's definitely when you look at it's just this is the the Celtics still still have a problem that if you you force if you take away Brown and Tatum and tell the rest of the Celtics to beat you, they don't necessarily have a third guy from on this roster. Yeah, that, but a lot of teams don't. That's a lot of teams' problems. Like the Nets Not have the that Bucks. problem. Ben Simmons. Okay, Ben score. Score, but I don't wouldn't classify Ben Simmons. Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I mean he's like he was really he is Andrew Wiggins. He was pretty good last year for them. Hey man, the Celtics got the second coming of the scow with Blake, so they'll be fine. Yeah, Blake hasn't even tapped into the steroids. Blake yet. hasn't That's, even yeah. Blake hasn't yeah. Yeah, once Blake starts juicing, yeah, yeah. Dude, Blake tried dunking from, like, the free throw line on an alley-oop <laughs> three games ago. He thought he still had it. He, he still did. Got... Did you not see that hey, amazing guys. dunk that he had He's on, like, lit. that lob where he caught it just one hand way up there? Yeah, Blake but he also got it. another one where he tried dunking on a guy and he just, like, missed the rim completely. Just Yeah, like... but he got fouled. He got fouled. Shut up, man! Like Blake's Blake is Blake. Just wait till playoff. Blake. Number ninety-one. Just I love that number. Blake. I think that's hard. I might get a Blake jersey. <laughs> Thomas Luke will be with us for like the next coming week or so, so you'll get more insight from Luke. Oh God, are we just like we need more Celtics insight? Oh man, at least we're not playing badly. All right, let's go over and we usually wrap up our shows with a little game we like to play, and this game is for the music to drop but it's fun you guys have played it before give us one second here we go the way back music Purdle time yeah we wrap up every show we play some Purdle and everyone gets into it so what we'll do here is everyone takes a guess. I'll take a guess. You'll take a guess. Luke will take a guess. And Zero never abides these rules, so don't even listen to the rules. <laughs> so here we go. Let's go. New guys get the first two guessed. It's like, yeah. Uh, Jared Allen. We'll just get that off the way. Go with I, I figured the fro might be a good start. Oh my god! <laughs> that was way too easy, man. <laughs> Like, come on. Who are guys with froze right now other than, like, him and Sexton? Dude, uh, TP guessed that right as he said that. Let's go easy. Of course it's Jared Allen, man. Like, the oldest young player in the league. He is the oldest young player. Guys with hairstyles that you can easily recognize, it's just too easy sometimes. You know what fucks you up is uh, dreads. We always get Isaac Akuro, DeMar DeRozan. Um, there's a few everybody other... has dreads, it's so hard to tell because it's it's at the end of the hair, you see the little two, and you're like, Oh, fuck, that's a curl. Oh, fuck, that's like there. And then but you, you don't get you can't really see how long they but the thing is, are. is the picture is their media day picture, so you got to think of the haircut from the first week of the season because yeah. half the guys don't have the same haircut styles. They but do. we know who never changes his hairstyle, and that's Jared Allen. So, Jared Allen's a goat, yeah. 
man, that was just a little too easy. Alrighty, that was today's show. I hope you guys did enjoy. Give a shout out to Abe and Luke for joining us today. And Jackson, you got any other thoughts you'd like to say on this beautiful December 19th, right before Christmas? Um, well, happy Hanukkah to you, but I Thank will you. not Thank be here you. Wednesday. You won't be here Wednesday? Well, Luke and I will carry the weight Wednesday. <laughs> I also will not be here Wednesday. Okay, I will find somebody <laughs> to carry the weight with me. So, fuck you, Luke. Fuck you. I thought you were going to be a solid chap, but that's it. Thanks, guys. If you guys enjoyed today's show, be a friend and tell a friend. As always, guys, hope you guys do enjoy. But that's it. Cheers, motherfuckers. Bye. Arrivederci. Adios. Arrivederci. See you.